Hey everyone, welcome to Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences video podcast. I am Heather Hoops Matthews here today with Maynard Nixon healthcare attorney Lauren DeMoss. Lauren, good to be with you. So great to be here, Heather. Lauren and I are joining you from SC Bio's annual life sciences event here in Greenville, South Carolina. It's one of the Southeast's leading life sciences events with cutting edge presentations and national healthcare leaders in the life sciences industry. Really excited to have joining us today, Bob Coughlin. We're gonna give you a little bit about his background now, and I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about his background before. Uh, you are the managing director currently at JLL, which is a global commercial real estate services company, and you help life sciences companies really across the Eastern seaboard expand and do what they do best, but you used to be CEO of MassBio. That is correct. At which many in the life sciences industry know about. Tell us your story and why you're here today in South Carolina. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. And it's exciting to be here at the South Carolina Bio Annual Conference because it's so important. I mean, the, the message here is what you're doing, you're trying to create a climate so that companies can solve unmet medical need and help patients. I'm here, not actually as the, the lead of the life sciences practice at JLL or the former CEO of MassBio or a former member of the house that was committed to life sciences. I'm here as a patient advocate and a dad. I was here to tell the patient story, to kick off this conference, to remind everybody the important work that they're doing to solve unmet medical need. It's such hard work, but it's so important to everybody who walks on the earth. And I had the opportunity to tell the story of, of my 21-year-old son that is alive today because of this industry. He was born with cystic fibrosis. He was born with an expiration date. We never thought he'd live through high school. And you know, fortunately, because of this industry and the amazing people that work in the life sciences, a company called Vertex Pharmaceuticals, after about 18 years and $13 billion, was able to invent a drug that's keeping him alive. That's what got me away from my career in politics to take over MassBio. It was really to create a climate, an ecosystem, so that academia, industry, and government could work together and create this environment so that companies could solve unmet medical need, cure diseases, invent therapies, et cetera. And that's why I'm here, because I love to share the story. It doesn't have to be in Massachusetts. I'll tell it anywhere because yes. there's smart people doing this amazing work everywhere, not just in our country, but around the world. Yes. And, and your son, how's he doing today? He's doing great. He's been on this therapy since November 8, 2019. Okay. Since that day, he's grown 12 inches. He's gained 50 pounds. His lung function is back to what it was when he was four years old. Wow, and he hasn't been in an extended hospital stay since he started the medicine. What a blessing. He's a yes. senior in college. We never even thought he'd live long enough to go to college. That is amazing. It truly is. Really, is I'm filled with gratitude. Yeah. It's the beautiful. The mother of three boys. Yes, yes, yes. I love hearing that. I yeah. mean, you can tell how passionate you are about yeah. the industry. It's infectious, actually. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. It's very cool. So in terms of, you know, your passion about the industry, kind of why you got started, and now you're on the real estate side of things. Yeah. So when those two come together, what's your advice for real estate companies in terms of getting into this industry? What, what are important early decisions they should be making? You know, when I decided, when Bobby got his therapy, it was 14 years as the CEO of MassBio, COVID hit. And I realized that I was a little burnt out, meaning I didn't want to go to Washington, D.C. anymore and fight with, you know, members of the House and members of the Senate about what this industry really meant. And during this pandemic, my, my wife, my lovely wife, who's still my amazing wife, which is amazing in itself, she said, geez, we're in a pandemic and I've never seen you happier. And that made me realize it was time to do something different. And a frustration of mine was that 
when biotech companies are growing and in, in the, in the challenges of a life science company, whether it's capital formation or advancing products through clinical trials, I mean, it could take one year, it could take three years, it could take 20 years. Yet the real estate industry, the, the term for your leases, the amount of space that you take, how do you negotiate tax incentives, all these business decisions, it was lost on the scientists that were scientist entrepreneurs trying to get this product from the bench all the way down the road to the bedside of a patient. And I was kind of frustrated after my years at, at MassBio that there wasn't a real estate firm that really understood the challenges of drug development. So I thought, hey, maybe we could change that. And as I was throwing this idea out there to developers and real estate firms and venture capital firms, you know, my intention was to start my own consulting firm, but JLL said, geez, we wanna build our, our life science practice with that in mind, would you be willing to come on board and help us so that we can help the small companies? I mean, I told you it took Vertex 18 years and $13 billion yeah. to invent this drug for only 30,000 patients in the United States of America. Imagine if they knew then what we knew now mm. about different tax incentives, about negotiating terms to leases in a different way that might be more aligned with a company that either sinks or swims in right. three-year windows. Mm -hmm. So I get to do that every day with large companies, with small companies, with medium companies, and the whole mission of our life science practice is to do it in a way that these companies can put more money under the microscope, hire more scientists. Let us worry about the infrastructure. You worry about your mission at hand, which is science. Right. Two totally different animals. Because right. totally God knows I can't do the science. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I want to do something that I can help with. And I can't, didn't get good grades in biology in high school. So Well, and too, you think about that coming out of COVID too. I mean, in the, the real estate industry had its own unique challenges. That's right. That, like this it's invaluable to companies. That's right, in the workplace yeah. of the future. How do you build something post-COVID that's a magnet for employees, not a mandate, mm -hmm. right? Because the scientists and the biomanufacturing folks, and it would be remiss if we didn't talk about how amazing the Carolinas and South Carolina is as it relates to biomanufacturing, bioprocessing, making this stuff. Those folks have to go to work every day. But when you're in the support services or marketing or commercialization, HR, et cetera, you don't necessarily have to work in the office every day. So how do you build a workplace of the future that's aligned with you know what's happening out there in the world we have workplace strategists on hand that will do that for our clients free of charge you know this is add value you know Absolutely. even negotiating tax incentives now the the uh, assistant secretary of economic development is at this conference today talking about how government is committing to being a partner to this industry well you need people on your team that know how to you know execute yes. on that cooperation absolutely absolutely i have to imagine your story and talking about bobby just mm -hmm. brings everyone back to the why yeah. of what you're doing and focuses off maybe the hurdles, like helps you get over the hurdles because yeah. you've got your eye on the why. Yeah, in the sense of urgency, mm. right? Government doesn't really move mm. at the speed of government, at the speed of business. No way. But mm -mm. they need to. Because right. when you talk about urgency, you know, my son was born with an expiration date mm. and we far exceeded yes. that expiration date, which yeah. is a blessing, which is awesome, right? But you can hear that clock ticking. And this isn't just, for me, it's cystic fibrosis. But for a lot of people, uh, we just had a session on Alzheimer's, right? Mm -hmm. Think of if we could come up with a therapy that staves off mm -hmm. the effects of Alzheimer's, you could solve the national debt crisis. If we had an Operation Warp Speed, 
right. like we did for mm-hmm. COVID for Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Huntington's diseases, like ALS, like all this all stuff. Yeah. Think about what we'll be able to do. So that's like the goal. That's the goal of this conference. That's what James and the team at South, Car- South Carolina Bio are trying to do. Get everybody working together so that you can solve unmet medical need. And it's awesome because it creates jobs and drives the economy. I mean, Massachusetts is life sciences, right. right? If we didn't have life sciences, we wouldn't have anything, right? right. It's, it's, it, in, in, you can do that anywhere. These are great, good paying jobs for our American people that, that need these good jobs. How have you seen the understanding or interest in life sciences change in the 14 years you were at MassBio and then now since you've been at JLL? You know, I, I took over MassBio on September 1st, 2007, and mission one was to change the narrative. Tell the story around the patients because everybody walking on the earth knows and loves somebody who is currently experiencing an unmet medical need or has already lost that battle. Who doesn't know and love someone who's battled some form of cancer? Right. Who doesn't? Everybody does. So when you change that narrative and you realize that ultimately everybody's going to be a patient, all of us, you hope to God that it doesn't happen too soon, but sooner or later we all are. So when you get government folks and politicians, elected officials, and and just industry leaders, key opinion leaders to understand that, hey, this humankind is never going to give up our desire to stay well and healthy. Let's 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 put make our priorities where they should be, and and life sciences should be there. Yeah, and you've got to collaborate. Yes, that's right. Yes. You have to. That's right. Yeah, and, and that's you know we we talk a lot about too creating diversity in this industry. That's not like the right thing to do, folks. That's a good business decision. <laughs> that's right. right. Because the more you collaborate, all the different ideas that you have, sure. the better off we're going to be. The higher chance you have of success. That's sure. fact. Sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, in terms of the real estate, you mentioned kind of COVID and obviously the remote working situation. Oh, yeah, we're going to get back to real estate. That's what I do for a living now. I'm sorry, I get all jacked up (laughs) over this other stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's get back to the real estate. Actually, the passion you bring, it really is. It's amazing. I love it. So you think about what are trends? Like what are life science companies looking for in terms of space and real estate? And I guess I would acknowledge what they're looking for on the eastern seaboard may be totally different than what they're looking for on the west coast. Yeah. I mean, you know, what are, are, are there trends, I guess, that match? Hey, match I, I'm locations? doing projects on the east coast. I'm doing projects on the west coast. And I'm doing projects, I call it the middle coast, Texas, northern Texas. Mm-hmm. Up, because from a logistics standpoint, you need to do this everywhere, right? As we move closer to cell and gene therapy, you want to have this science in the products closer to where the, the customers are, the patients. So this isn't an East Coast, West Coast thing anymore. One of the, the consistent theme that you see everywhere for these jobs, and like I'll say it again, you want to create that magnet, not the mandate. It's live, work, play. Mm-hmm. You can only succeed in this industry if you're creating you know, a place of work in an area where people can afford to live work close by and play. And when I say play, I'm talking about amenities. I'm oh, talking yeah, about sure. quality of life. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about your weather. A couple of people told me it was cold here today. And I said, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, no way. This is beautiful. <laughs> I, I was almost sweating outside today. You said it was cold. I'll show you bad weather. Yeah. You know, the, the ability to to exercise, the mm. ability to see culture and art and food, right? Mm. All this live, work, play stuff is so important. So what you do is you play your strengths. You know, in, in Massachusetts, we, we realized long ago that affordability is challenging in the state of Massachusetts. Public transportation is in rough shape. A lot of it, it was the first public trans- transportation system created in the United States of America. And I swear some of the trains are the same ones that were there well, day yeah, one, right? right? <laughs> yes. It's tough. So how do you work around that, right? We would create clusters in areas where people could live, work, play. Massachusetts had a distinct advantage because we're such a little state. We're one sixth the size of California. 
Whoa. right? We're teeny compared yeah. to Texas. So that, that you'd see that like North Carolina built a world renowned research triangle park and it's great. They built it, but like Massachusetts is a triangle park. Like you don't have to build it. It's small. Yes, yes, All the yes. 122 colleges and universities right, right jammed there. in there where those collisions and that and, and that those connections happen. Right. So the challenges that you find in states that are bigger, you know, uh, more spread out, more rural, you have to be very intentional when you build the cluster in the parks. And yeah. that's and I get to work on them all over the country. And, it, and it's exciting because it can work anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you think about that. I mean, real estate's a recruiting tool for the best and brightest, too. You want you want good real estate. You want good space yeah. to, to for those folks to come and to live, work, play. Yeah, and post-COVID, there's advantages to states where the population is growing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, it's, we're, the natural resource for life sciences, like you just said, is talent. It's mm -hmm. people. That's it. Where are the people going right now? People are leaving states to move to different states where their quali quality of life is mm -hmm. better. And South Carolina is one of them that's winning. Yes, yeah. we it see is. it every yeah. single day. You feel more it more when you hear. Come in. Bob Coughlin, uh, father, yeah. yes. advocate. Yeah, dadvocate. Dadvocate, that's, right. oh, that's I good, it. I love it. <laughs> former CEO of MassBio and currently managing director of JLL. Thank you for coming and just inspiring yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks today. for having me, guys. This is awesome. Yeah, appreciate For those it. of you who joined us on Taking the Pulse, Thank you. We appreciate your time. Hope you enjoyed this energetic, passionate, personal story about why life sciences is in, important in our world, really. And Lauren and I, again, are coming to you live from SC Bio's annual event here in Greenville, South Carolina. We look forward to seeing you next time right here on Taking the Pulse, a healthcare and life sciences video podcast.